Welcome to Blogs from Beyond. My name is Nigel Booth. I'm Glenn Thomason. And together we're going to start to be exploring thoughts and emotions that create actions. Now, before we actually start the podcast, I need to give a little bit of a warning out there. We're going to be talking about some issues uh, around mental health. We're going to be talking about some issues in regards to sexual abuse. And we've got a guest on who's going to share uh, in some detail of, of, of her life and what she has been through. Uh, joining us today is, is Becky, and, and Becky is a force to be reckoned with and is proactively supporting people with mental health issues uh, over in Shropshire. Um, she's a member of the Mental Health Board of Management as well as an active Rotary member, uh, and I can tell you that she is not the stereotypical person that you would expect to find in the Rotary Club or, in fact, with somebody with has she has been uh, diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. So I just wanted to give you that option, guys. If you're listening in, uh, we're not here to offend. We're here to support. But there is going to be content that you may actually find slightly uncomfortable. So kicking straight off, Becky, welcome to Blogs from Beyond. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's, it's great. And I think it's, it's only fair to say to, to, to our listeners is that we've had you on our radio show, The Reality Check. And, you know, we actually felt that, that we were quite restricted in regards to the, the depths that we could go and also the amount of time that we had. So mm. we decided and we thought we're going to get back together so that we can have this three-way conversation and start to explore things like borderline personality disorder, things that you've experienced, what it is that you're up to, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what we're here to do. What we're here to do is to really pay forward and to see if we can learn something. That's the big thing. So I wonder, Becky, whether it'd be uh, useful for everybody uh, to just, just, just give a little bit of background of what it is that you're actually doing right now. So I, I've been living in North Shropshire now for about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have joined the my local Rotary Club, which I know some people think have some outdated views and is an outdated society. Yeah, yeah. However, you know, it isn't so much like that. Um, certainly, certainly not my one since I've joined. Um, so... What, what the Rotary Club do essentially is, is they work within their community and they do things. And lots of people will know them for sort of Santa coming around at Christmas. What I do is I go out and I help to deliver food parcels and things like that. But mainly my role, what I enjoy doing is going out and just talking to people. Okay. Um, on a very down-to-earth basis, you know, just hi and a smile and, you know, seeing kind of what's missing and what's what's here and what's going on really and what people need so i do that um i am also sat on the board of management for the north shropshire health mental health um as a service user right okay as you said i have men- i have borderline personality disorder so yeah what, i do that what what is your role on the uh, board of management then Generally to annoy people. Um. <laughs> and I've got to tell everybody out there, Becky is not somebody that is, is backward and coming forward at all. She'll say it as it is, when she needs to say it, and how it is said so that it is inspiring and quite motivational. But it is straight from the hip, isn't it, Becky? It is, yeah. And But also, you know, it's important to point out that, you know, I do come from that angle very much with a lot of passion, but I, I don't think you get anywhere 
with being aggressive. You know, I can get my point across without being aggressive of or course. being rude mm. or insulting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, my role on there very much is to basically tell them what I think, mm-hmm. it, for me, in my own experiences, isn't working correctly. Right. Um, and what's missing, you know, also some of the some of the ways are very outdated within the mental health, I feel. Um, it's It's difficult because you do have the professionals that are very stuck in their ways and very, no, this is fine and this is working okay. And it clearly isn't. Mm. So it's very hard to convince them otherwise when you haven't, you know, you are seen as not having the education, you're not the professional in the room. However, you know, I do like to think that I have just as much, if not more experience. So I will sit there in my place and I will do what I need to do and speak out for hopefully lots of other people wow and also to inspire that you know because we have diagnosis doesn't mean we we don't have a voice and that we can't be professional and that we have to be quiet so that's you know that's what i'm doing right now wow that is uh it's great to hear it really is great to hear and i'm sure it's going to be you know sort of great to hear for, from from our listeners too because there are lots of people out there that, that are wanting to get into paying it forward and, and paying it forward in a manner that is just suited to yourself. It's great. Mm. It's great. Now, there are so many things that you talked about there that really, you know, I was listening intently and just thinking that's great. I mean, talk, going, getting out there with the Rotary Club, talking to people, I think that's so important, yeah, yeah. Um, particularly coming out of, uh, you know, the pandemic and everything. Um, you know, uh, people need those conversations and just that, just having someone, not just to talk to, but someone, just having someone to listen as well, I think, is, is so important. I think you're right. Um, and and the work that you're doing with with the that mental health board is just uh, amazing and it must be it must be really difficult when you've got you know medical professionals telling you what the what how it is and 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 like you say some are a little set in their ways and the way things were previously and you're sitting there somebody who's living and breathing the condition you can't get any better than that can you you know yeah and that must that must be really frustrating though sometimes if you know if you're coming to uh you know you think well you know i might not have the medical degree but i've lived this for ha- you know for, an, mm. for however many years um I, th- I think it's 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 fair to say and and and, and becky it's 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 you're you're the expert here um but uh, Maybe it's, it's worth just exploring borderline personality disorder, although you know there are a number of different sections about it. You were saying that uh, on the radio show that not you know just because you have BPD doesn't mean that everybody is going to be the same. Um, so how, how does it break down to when you're being diagnosed? I mean, I was diagnosed back in 1992 when I was only 15, and I do know now they don't diagnose under 18s. Okay. Um, okay. Why is that, it, Becky? Do you know? It is. It is a very complex um, mental health disorder, if you if you like to put it in that term. Yeah. And um, I do know that there has been quite a high rate of um, children that haven't been able to deal with the diagnosis. Right. And, you know, Unfortunately, those diagnoses have ended up, you know, sort of being fatal. Wow. Okay. I think that's that's when it came in. I think I am correct in. I th- I think I definitely heard that from a mental health professional that right. they don't diagnose under eighteens anymore. So you know, there's going to be lots of people coming up that will have it too. Um, yeah. 
So, it's, so, so breaking BPD down then, um, yeah. you know, how, how does he break down? Because you were saying um, that there is into these different sections and there are nine different sections. There are nine different sections. I mean, you'll have to forgive me if obviously I can't sort of off the top of my head think of all nine. Of course. You you have to, the way they work it is that you have to qualify and, and score quite highly in either four or five of them right. to be yeah, yeah. with BPD. But as I was saying to you on the show, I could sit in a room with somebody else that has BPD mm-hmm. and they could have scored really high on four of the sections that I didn't score high on. So we can be totally different. Totally different. Right. Okay. Our, our emotions will be the same as in, um, you know, our emotions will flip maybe 75 times a day, but wow. the emotions may be different or more so our reactions, our reactions to them are different. So, for instance, somebody who, you know, may substance misuse mm-hmm. will have a bad reaction and and go and that find that way to cope with it. Right. Um, whereas, you know, I don't have that. I'm very fortunate I don't have that issue. But I, I still sort of, you know, in certain ways have have a self-destruct, you know, because of different areas that I did score. So one of my highest points that I scored really high on was my fear of of abandonment and rejection. Right, okay. Um, that was the highest one that I scored on. Um, so, and that all stems from childhood, you know. Um, well, I, I really want to go into, you know, um, uh, I think Glenn's got a couple of questions that he wants to ask you in a short while, but again just just from your point of view and again just for all of our listeners is that we're not saying everybody is going to be the same as Becky not everyone's going to experience what Becky's gone through um but one of the things is for definite Becky is that um you you are you are managing this and in regards to man I don't know if managing is the right word but you work with this every day and you have you know uh, occasionally you will have a bad day and you know the rest of the days are going to be like this is how i do it so what's yeah. it like to be having a bad day for you i think i mean if, if you're talking about the worst day yeah the worst day is where the emotions come so thick and fast that you don't know what the next emotion is going to be wow. so you can be working your way through that one emotion um, and all of a sudden be, be hit by another. So you kind of get this sense of, oh, just give up. Um, you know, this, I'm never going to get better. And, and to, I mean, you know, to a degree with with how I feel sometimes, you then start getting into the almost self-pitying mode of this is it, you know, I get moody. This is it, this is how it's going to be. My yeah. life's ruined. Yeah, yeah. Mm. me. I get like that. That's a really bad day for me. A really bad day. I feel like nobody loves me. Nobody's ever going to love me. Nobody wants me. Um, how, you know, how, how often do you have those bad days compared to what we would call as a good day? Um, it depends. Is the honest answer that I can yeah. give you. I, I tend to have more bad days during the winter months because I I like daylight. Yeah. Um, so I could say you know I do find life slightly harder during the winter. Okay. Then 
I do in the summer. It all depends on what's happened. Right. Um, and sometimes it can be something really, really minute that would be insignificant to somebody else. However, it's quite a big deal to me. And you, so. you know that trigger point, you know, say it could be quite insignificant to other people, but to you... Is it like on one day you'll have the trigger point will come along and it will send you off on, on, a, on a bad day, but then on another day you'll have the same trigger point, but it doesn't have an impact this day? Is that how it is? Yeah, or? yeah it can be like that because, you know, you can have the same trigger point. You can have a trigger point one day where it will completely ruin an hour. I, I honestly, in my with my BPD experience, mm-hmm. nothing really, unless it's something really extreme, ruins my entire day because of how I fluctuate with my emotions. I can have a really, really bad morning mm-hmm. or a really bad couple of hours in the morning and then be okay in the afternoon. Right. Um, that must be it, really, really tiring. Sorry, say that again. It really can sort of, you know, fluctuate that quickly. Mm. Um so that, that, that must be really tiring, Becky. It's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. And this is where, for me, talking, talking has helped. Having that open dialogue with the people around me and the people that love me and the people that get it. We, you know, also, and this may not be to everybody's taste, and, I, you know, again, not to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. With my children, um, obviously, as I said in the radio show, three of my children are adults and the other one is is late teens. Yeah. Um, you know, we found a way to actually laugh sometimes. Um, and, you know, sort of, they recognise it. And it's never an elephant in the room in my house. It can always be spoken about by all of us. That is amazing, you know, isn't it? My kids will say to me, is, it, is this BPD, Mum? And, you know, sometimes I'll just look at them and, and we'll just laugh. Yeah. Um, get it. And other times I can walk into a room and cry and my kids won't say to me what's wrong. They'll just put their arms around me. Wow, um, that's incredible, so that's, isn't it? Yeah. I've had that constant open dialogue with them, obviously age appropriately. Um, yes, of course, of course. So, so yeah. Um, that must be incredibly empowering to, to have, to, for you to be able to, to not have to, to hide away from that. Because I make the assumption that, you know, for, for uh, periods of your life, you've, You've tried to hide away from this. Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, because of the whole the whole way it's perceived by other people and the you know, it has a lot of bad press at times. Um I think it's used in the wrong way sometimes. Um and again, you know, I am only speaking from experience and my own opinion. I'm not, you know, for one minute saying this should be other people's opinions. Um I I think it has a very bad it has bad press to mm-hmm. a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because of that, people do tend to shy away from it. Yeah. I think a lot of these... Whereas, you know, I, I think I'm learning to embrace mine. And that's not to say I'm happy that I've got it, because no. sometimes it's absolutely soul-destroying. It's it's awful. And it's exhausting. But I can't. I'm, it, it's not going to go. There's no cure. So I have to find a way to make it or well, i almost have to control it rather than it control me mm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. essentially manage it i think i think a lot of those negative you know you mentioned the negative connotations that people have towards um you know bpd and other you know um uh, mental health uh 
situations or disorders or, or, or how, whatever the correct phrase is. But um, I think a lot of that comes from, like, historically, the way in which these people would, were treated was much worse in terms of you, you'd you'd expect and i'm going back many years people you know would be put into an infirmary or something like that and these and and not really help but in these you know put put in horrendous situations mm. and i wonder if some of that carries through you know now we've got much better at um talking about it for one you know being open, being, about, being it, open yeah. about it yeah. being able to talk about it but also uh, medical advances and understanding and, and and understanding from you know a neurological position or or, or etc i think that helps um, people, but I think there's still, you know, that like stigma. you said, there's still that stigma there. Absolutely. From, from you know, well, you know, in my day, we carted people off to the to to there and drugged them up and yep. and and put them out of the way out of you know. So I think coming round from that, it, it's actually it's really nice to hear how your dynamic is in your family and how you're able to be so open with your um, children and that they can support you um through this that's amazing isn't it to do mm, that really really good so how, how do you how do your kids cope with this then it's great that you've got them there but uh, you know uh, uh, how do they cope um so i mean i'm going to be completely honest mm -hmm. my kids find my bpd very hard at times and they have done at times i'm not going to sit here and say that my mental health hasn't affected my children because I'm sure in some ways it has. Mm -hmm. um, but however, you know, like I say, on those days when I'm crying to all of a sudden have three six foot men wrapping their arms around you that you've given birth to saying, it's okay, mum, we love you. Wow. Um, means the world to me. You know, it actually makes me feel like I've achieved something. Um, you know, <laughs> It's, it's, it's amazing to have that. It really is amazing to have that. And I, I truly believe that it's just being honest. There have been so many times in my life, especially sort of a few years ago, where people have considered me to be inappropriate with some of the things that I've said. Mm. Whereas I've always maintained that actually, you know, I'm, I don't think I am being inappropriate. I think I'm being honest. You're just talking um, your truth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm being honest. You know, my yeah. children aren't damaged. Yeah. They're all healthy and fit and working and thriving. Um, you know, I have a grandchild. You know, they're all independent, apart from obviously one that's living at home. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, on the flip of that, I've also had the instances where, when I had all four of my children living at home, I, I had a really bad spell. My BPD really kicked in, mm -hmm. and I. I just couldn't get control of it very easily. So I sought help from the schools and from my GP, but I went to the school first. And instantly their reaction on me saying that I had BPD was to call social services. Wow, okay. And so I, I've, had, I wonder I've whether... had that very outdated view as well. Yeah. Because I suppose it's, it's, it's in danger because you look this up on the internet and it's awful, yeah. you know. There is mm. a lot of that. Because I suppose it's also um, uh, it's important that what we actually do is is to try and and, and sort of you know because we're not saying that that it's always like that and we're not saying it is still like that, but it is one of those things and this is why we we, we sort of really wanted to do this podcast because. Like a lot of mental health conditions, um, mental health is talked a lot about, 
but actually talking to uh, somebody that is, is experiencing mental health and really having this open and frank conversation, it's very rare, you know? It, it, it's almost uh, uh, sort of guarded against, but you embrace it, you know, uh, you don't deny this is who you are and you accept it fully. Um, one of the questions that we, we went through on the radio show and we were looking at was, um, and you were explaining, you know, for a lot of BPDers, uh, that has actually comes from childhood trauma. Now, uh, this is the content that we said at the beginning of the podcast that, that it may be uncomfortable for some to, to listen to. Uh, and it may be uncomfortable for some people to actually take on board, but you wanted to share and, and you're happy to share what happened to you uh, for a number of different reasons with a, with a view of trying to uh, enable that to stop happening to other people, but also to share with people um, how you can actually start to work with the impacts of things like sexual abuse. So I wonder whether, you know, we could go through and say, so you were saying that uh, it is from childhood trauma. What happened to you? I was sexually abused from the age of five till I was 12. Um, but my sexual abuse changed from sexual abuse to rape from the ages of nine to 12 by my stepfather. Um, it is important to sort of note that I didn't live in North Shropshire at the time. Um, this mm -hmm. didn't happen in North Shropshire. So, yeah, um, you know, and I spoke out when I was 12 because um, my mum had... I had a two-year-old brother at that point who I think was my sort of catalyst for, well, you know, at that point I knew this was wrong, this can't happen to him. Um, so I spoke out in 89, which was tough because, you know, I mean, I'd never heard of this. Even as a 12-year-old, I hadn't heard of anything like this. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have anything like that. But, you know, I spoke out and went to the police and um, my case went to Crown Court. Okay. And he was convicted. He was sent to prison in 1991. But it took two years to get it to court. But it did go. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, but it also does show sort of, you know, how the, the scale of the abuse was, was bad enough to have enough evidence for a conviction back in the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it seems a long time away uh, when you're talking, you know, 1992. Uh, and, and, and and again, I'm making the assumption um, with a little bit of knowledge that things have changed since 1992. And, and, and you know, we're, as Glenn was saying, we're, we're, we're accepting uh, and we're open more to all of these different conditions. Um, what However, I would like to just say, you know, there are going to be people out there and maybe people listening that this has happened to that haven't spoken out. Um and, you know, I just want to say that I know how hard that is. I yeah. know how tough that is. I know how scary it is. Um, but I also know that if you have been through that, how strong you are. And, you know, that it's okay to talk about it. It's really okay. Wow. There's no shame in that. No shame. Not at all. It's, um, but, but you are right. It's very difficult, and it must be very difficult for, for people that are experiencing it right now, and even probably listening to this podcast that have got not just um, BPD, but other levels of 
of mental health. And yeah. um, it, it's, it's important. I think um, just adding in there, the yeah. hardest part for me about telling was that this was somebody I loved. Wow. You know, okay. the hardest part, you know, this was somebody I actually loved deeply. So, you know, but I can't change that. No. It, it happened. Um, but now I can talk about it and I can hopefully inspire other people. And I think the biggest message that I have to get across is that there is no shame in this. There is no shame. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's really, really important because I actually think a lot of people actually feel that emotion of shame when they yes. go through a variety of things, like like sexual abuse. Um, you know, I, I think it is you don't want to say it to people because of the the, the, the concept of what they're going to think of you, um, yes. and 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 that sort of and inside having that thought process that. Um, people will think that it was my fault or I could have stopped it, or et cetera, et cetera. I won't be believed is a huge one. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's what I thought, you know, I won't be believed. And, and, you know, sort of the grooming, the whole grooming process is so complex. Um, you know, there's so much to it that yeah. you know, actually there are levels where you are too scared to say as well. Yeah, of course, of course. It, it, it's it's tough. It's tough. What would you be saying to people out there now um, that have got a variety of um, conditions going on? What are the things that you can do for yourself? Because, you know, although you don't have bad days every day, um, uh, you, you, the vast majority of yours are, you know, are good days and, and it's great. But how do you start this process for yourself? It's hard. It's a real tough one. I mean, you know, I would say, I mean, I'm, I'm 44 now. Mm. And I would say that life really has only started to improve for me in the last three or four years. Um, you wow, know, okay. I, I went on from being an abused child to being an abused adult. So, right. You know, okay. The, yeah. Um, which, you know, apparently is a very typical path. You know, we are, we're raised with abuse. We're, we're tuned in for abuse. That's what we aim for. You know, that's what we we gravitate towards well I certainly did and I know it is very common so yeah you know I, I then got married to an abuser um, and you know was in a very violent marriage for 10 years so wow. that, you know then came the PTSD <laughs> um, so you've also been diagnosed with PTSD I have yes but I've actually been diagnosed I mean this is sort of you know where it sort of starts getting a bit a little bit a bit difficult because I've actually been diagnosed with CPTSD and that's complex post-traumatic stress disorder and the reason it's been called complex is because I have another disorder right okay so like a dual diagnosis yeah although yeah. I was diagnosed with BPD far earlier than I was PTSD um, so it took me years and years you know so i can sit here and say well i spoke out about my abuser as a child but then i went on and and i carried on being abused um it's a really tough cycle to break really tough when you don't know anything different yeah and i did i didn't know anything different you know i thought that was how you were to be treated i thought that was normal so so you are on a uh, a one woman mission uh, to, to, to to not just go and support service providers with their, you know your insight to what works and what doesn't work, 
but you're also wanting to be on that mission that is is going to be the difference for for our community members for people that that, that are are suffering in silence um yeah. what pushes you forward in that i think and ultimately my children um you know i would never want my children to suffer any kind of mental health problem or you know, whether it be depression or anxiety, and not speak out. Yeah. You know, mm. I have instilled into my children that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to talk. There is no there is no problem with shouting. If you have to from the rooftops, I'm struggling, help. Um, so my children are my main driving force, but also because we get one life and I have spent... You know, I spent so many years of my life being abused. I am no longer a victim. I don't have to be a victim anymore. Um, I can be a difference now. I can be the difference now. Wow. I don't have, I'm not a victim anymore. And I think once you realise that you're not a victim anymore and you can get to that point where you can say, you know, without these experiences, I wouldn't be who I am. And I wouldn't be able to do the things that I'm doing. I can't change the experiences, so I may as well now. Well, no, not even not even may as well. I will now use them for the good. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that I think that's part of it is 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 that acceptance of, you know, I can't, you know, if I can't change it, I need to try and change it into something that is good for me and good for other people. Absolutely. You know, I have now been single for four years, which for a BPD is huge absolutely huge especially on the level of fear of abandonment and rejection that i have mm -hmm. um that's a huge thing being single for four years but what that four years has done is i have my moments where i think i'm never going to be loved nobody's ever going to love me nobody's ever going to want me i'm going to be on my own forever but a majority of the time i think do you know now i know what i'm worth wow i've broken a cycle of abuse i i will not take being abused ever again um and, and now you... somebody comes if some, you know some, when somebody comes into my life now yeah. they know i'm okay on my own yeah yeah so yeah. Treat, treat me properly <laughs> because it is you know? the difference isn't it it's, is that you don't need a partner it's just that like when that partner comes along it's about want and you don't need yeah, I'll, have a, I'll, I'll have a relationship because i want one not because i need one yeah yeah, um, yeah. and i've spent my entire life needing one so that i don't feel abandoned and i don't feel rejected and unloved and unworthy um you know it's also you know quite quite pertinent i think to my story is that i've sort of jumped in and out of unhealthy relationships because as a small child my brain was very much tuned that if you sleep with a man he'll tell you he loves you and that's the be all and end all Right. So I spent a lot of my teenage years doing that, in that search for love. But actually, that's not love. Wow. It, it's very strange how it works. Um, and you know, again, you you get the you get the name calling, and you get the reputations from off the back of that. But that's because you know, at that time, people don't understand. Yeah, yeah. And you beat yourself up over it. But what I would say to anybody listening to this is don't. You know, I've done it. 
I'm fairly unshockable. I've probably done things that wouldn't shock anybody else with BPD. Wow. Okay, we can talk about this. It's not inappropriate. It's honest. And I tell you what, Becky, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on Blogs from Beyond and sharing your story. Uh, There are a number of different questions I've got to ask, but but unfortunately, we're out of time. So again, I'm going to say to you, uh, would you come back on and and sort of uh, allow us to explore more and more about you and your life and how you're impacting on other people? I'd love to. I'd love to. You know, if I can inspire one person or I can help one person, then, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy. I am very down to earth. You know, there's no judgment here. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, you don't, there's no judgment. Absolutely Excellent. no judgment. <laughs> well, Becky, guys, can I, can I just jump in, Becky, and just say... Um, it's it's been difficult listening to some of the things that you were talking about today and i think some of our listeners will find that too um you know i felt a range of emotions while you were talking there um earlier on about you know what you've been through but it's so you're an incredible person and it's it's really amazing to hear what you how you've taken that and turned that around and you're now paying that forward and helping people and and i think one i think you'll help lots of people by being you and being open and honest and keeping that conversation going because people could be listening to this and it might just give them that strength to 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 say, well, okay. if Becky can do it. Yeah, enough is enough. Yeah, enough's enough. Yeah, I yeah, can yeah. do it. It's the right thing to do. Absolutely. And it will help someone else. And thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean it's 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 been you're an inspiration to, yeah, to me and to many other people. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. And you're right, it is hard to hear. Uh, and it really is hard to sort of, uh, uh, it must be incredibly hard to start to begin to tell your story, mm. you know, and that's the whole thing that we're doing on the reality check is to enable people to, to feel comfortable saying, this is my story. Yeah. I'm not going to wait until I die to everybody else to tell it. I'm going to tell it today. But Becky, I think that um, you are an inspiration. Uh, it's great uh, to, to hear your story. If there is anything that we can do here at the Reality Check to, to help, don't hesitate to get in touch with us and, and we'll do that. And if anyone that's listening, uh, if you want to get in touch with Becky, you can come direct through the podcast here and send us an email on nigel at therealitycoach.co.uk and we'll pass on those details and contact numbers uh, to Becky. So it just leaves me really with, Glenn, thank you so much again for your input today. It's been really good. Becky, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's absolutely, it's a, it's refreshing to talk about something so dramatic and, and, and devastating in such a positive manner. And, and I really do hope that uh, people that are listening to the podcast take so much from it. I know that, that both Glenn and I here in the studio, we've looked at each other on numerous occasions mm-hmm. while we've been listening and you've almost got like, wow. Wow, yeah. What do, you, what do you say to that? Mm. You know, there's nothing to say, you know, and complete and utter credibility to you. And I wish you all the best in doing all of those mad things that you want to go off and do and really change the world and be the difference for as many people as you can. Um, Becky Muth, thank you very much indeed. And I'm go- we're going to leave the last bit of a word to you. Is there anything that you, you would like to say? I mean, firstly, I'd like to say thank you to you both because you've, made, you've actually made it um, a lot easier for me. Um, you know, you've been very calming and 
I've felt very comfortable talking to both of you. So thank you for that. And just for your listeners, you know, and my fellow BPDers out there, drop the shame. You know, if you need help, don't be afraid to ask for it. Really, please just don't be afraid to ask for it. And, you know, you can do it. Uh, Becky me thank you very much indeed if you've been in, if you've enjoyed listening to blogs from beyond again let us know uh, you can drop us a line on Nigel at the realitycoach.co.uk and if there's if you'd like to come on to one of our podcasts and share your life and share your resolve for happiness we'll be delighted to hear from you but until then it's uh, it's a goodbye from me goodbye from me and Becky it's a very good goodbye from me. <laughs> Thank you very Thank much you. indeed. Thanks now, guys, and we'll catch you again real soon.